We had a great week. It was outstanding. And if you noticed, our theme for the week was uh, the sanctity of life. Uh, so we knew that it was more than a coincidence whenever uh, something happened later this week that uh, protected the sanctity of life. When the, the Supreme Court, the United States Supreme Court, overturned the decision made in 1973 to legalize abortion nationwide. Now, let me say this to start off with it did not end abortion. Okay, there are some states who have made their own laws to allow abortions to happen in their state. I praise the Lord that we only had one abortion clinic in, the, in Mississippi, and uh, that clinic will be going out of business because our state has not passed a law to legalize abortion. So now, those that are seeking to have an abortion have other opportunities it's just not as easy as it once was. There are uh, several states that do that. What, so, what has surprised me? No, that's not right. It hasn't surprised me. But what I've noticed is that even several months ago, at even the mention of overturning Roe versus Wade, there was mass hysteria among, uh, around the nation having to do with this idea of stopping at least some abortions. Now, let me just go ahead and tell you what the Scripture says about that. Scripture plainly says that we are beautifully, wonderfully, fearfully made and at the moment of conception, now the scripture doesn't say exactly this, the moment of conception, a person is a person. But we know that to be true. Because, I don't have to get into the science of it, you probably already know that. But at the moment of conception, a person is an individual. Separate from mom and dad, but they are an individual. But what we have seen in, in the media and among... A, many, many protesters, is that they are outraged that righteousness has been set forward and that unrighteousness has been set back. So this morning, I'd like to talk to you about this idea that America is turned upside down. The United States of America is turned upside down. In Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, this is what the Lord speaks through His prophet. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and lightness or light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. You see, the Scripture says God is saying that those who choose to turn good things bad and bad things good, there is judgment awaiting them. That's what the word woe means. There is a hardship coming. There's a judgment coming. 
There's a time coming when those who do those sorts of things will be held accountable for them. No matter how many laws they put on the books saying that it's okay, it's not. God is very clear in that. Now, take your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul is writing to the young preacher, Timothy, his son in the faith, and he's talking about the last days. And in this description is where we find ourselves right in the center. Because listen to what Paul wrote. But know this, verse 1, chapter 3, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. You see, the Scripture tells us in this that we are living in the last days, in perilous times. You look at the description, and you, whenever you're watching the news, what do you see? Because they're going to show you, they're going to show you all the protests because they want everybody to protest. The media is on the side of the liberals and on the side of the, the evil. So they want to proclaim this throughout the world so that it will go forth and more people's minds will be changed toward this. They will tell you that the ruling that the Supreme Court just handed down is wrong and evil and that it suppresses certain people. But it does not. That is just their interpretation of it. And they want you to believe like them, so that's all that they're going to tell you. They won't tell you that abortion is murder. They won't tell you that the taking of the life that's inside a pregnant woman is murder. But it is. It ends life. And even at the moment of conception, life is life. And from that point forward, that life is an individual. So what you will hear is proclaimed, my body, my choice. They will say, it's my choice to do whatever I want to with my body. But what they don't realize is there's another body inside their body. And they have no regard for it. Now, in God's eyes, that is a person. In our belief and our understanding, it is a person. That baby's a person. Now, understand this first and foremost. God can forgive anything. If there's anyone that has had an abortion, God can forgive that and will forgive that when you ask for, when you come before God with repentance, asking for forgiveness and being sorry for what you've done. But what we see in our society is those who blaspheme God, those who turn against right and make it the evil good. And what they will do 
is try to slander anyone, bully anyone into following or going along with whatever they think is right. That's why they're gathered up around the Supreme Court justices' houses probably right now protesting. Bullying, trying to bully, trying to, to make everybody think that, hey, if I stand up against them, they're going to come to my house and do the same thing. But you know what? Right is right. Always. No matter what the crowd says, no matter what the bullies say, right is always right. And we, as followers of righteousness, as, as holy in God's sight and seeking to be what God desires for us to be, we must stand up against what we know is wrong. Murder is wrong. The taking of innocent life is wrong. Now, how about other things in our... You know, we saw this coming. I mean, years ago, you could see it coming, and there was a lot of predictions saying, this is where our society's going, and, and Lord, we hope it don't get to that point, but it has, and today it's here. What we see is people screaming for the right to kill an unborn child. And they're saying, they're, they're seeking to justify it, but there's no way. There's no way. For years they have called a fetus, a, a unborn child, a glob of cells. They've, they've called all kinds of names and they, they, they just say this is, this is unviable life. But it's not. They have chosen to call good evil and evil good. And the Lord says, woe unto them. Now, we go into also the same crowd that, that seeks to be able to have abortion on demand for no reason at all, for, for, for any reason. The same crowd will say that you can be whatever sex you want to be. As a matter of fact, they come out with this new thing. They don't even know what women. They can't define the word woman. Or at least they won't. Until... Until abortion is not legal anymore in some places, then they say, well, it's the woman's right. Well, what is a woman? And they won't be able to tell you. Because they've, they've said, well, I'm not a biologist, so I can't tell you. That's, they've copped out on that. They know what a woman is. They just don't want to admit it. Because what they're thinking is, if you're a man and you think that you're a woman, you can call yourself a woman, and how dare anybody contradict you? Let me tell you, God says in the beginning, He created them male and female. That's it. There are no others. Now they can say that there's, they're, uh, what, binary or, or, they can come up with all kinds of names. As a matter of fact, I heard somebody say one time that there were so many different genders and the number kept increasing because they will think up a word and say this is what it means and say, well, that's what I am. Hey, look, you're either a man or a woman. No matter what you say you are, you're a man or a woman. Now, you can have an operation to, to do different things to your body, but that doesn't make you a woman or a man. What you were born as is who you are. We, what we get, we have gotten so far away from 
God's principles as a nation. Because in Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22, it talks about that being an abomination. Also in chapter 20, verse 13, an abomination. You go to Romans chapter 1, and it talks about that being an abomination. Uh, one of the things that God cannot stand. So let me go there. I'm just going to go to Romans chapter 1 and read to you verses 26 and 27. For this reason God gave them up to vile passions. Because what they had done is they had exchanged the truth of God for a lie. God gave them up to vile passions for even their, woman, their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. They, God has turned them over to a debased mind. Now folks, that's exactly where we are today in our nation. You know... It's, it's terrible that you can't even sit down and try to watch a family program on ten, uh, TV without that being a G-rated program, but the commercials that come on have men dressed up like women, and they have a whole show about it. It's horrible. I look at it, and it makes me nauseous. It's ungodly. But the Scripture says that we are not fighting against the physical realm. We're not fighting against people. These are spiritual, it's spiritual warfare that we're in. We're fighting against the principalities of that. We're, we're fighting against evil in the world, not against these folks. You see, we can love them, but hate what they're doing. And what we need to do is, in love, tell them what they're doing is wrong. And when they come against us and tell us that we are wrong, we ask them, by what do you base your truth on? And they won't be able to tell you because they have no truth. They make it up as they go. We have a settled truth that is the real truth who is the one true God. And we will not vary from what He says. We will not get off the path of what, the, what He tells us is right. We will stay with Him. No matter what they say about abortion on demand or same-sex marriage or whatever it is, we must follow the truth of God's Word. This morning in our Sunday school class, I told them, the young adults, we were talking about creation and how God uh, set man over uh, the creation. And we covered a lot of these scriptures because, you see, what has happened is mankind is now worshiping uh, the creation rather than the creator. You remember what happened in uh, Exodus chapter 32 whenever the golden calf incident happened in the nation of Israel. You see, God had brought them out of Egypt and He had set them free. He was giving the law to Moses on Mount Sinai and the people were down in the valley and they said, we need a God to worship. So they made a God in the image of which they liked so that they could worship that God. And they were saying, this is the God that brought us out of Egypt. What they wanted was a representation of something or someone that they could bow down and worship. But they had missed the whole point that God says, you can't make an image of me. He had already made an image of Himself, and that's us. We are made in His likeness, in His image. But we're not to worship any of His creation, especially not ourselves, because we are not God. But our 
world worships everything else but God. And they will call you backwards if you do. They will say, you're old-fashioned. You're following an archaic book written many years ago that has no bearing on today. Well, they haven't read it. Because it does. As a matter of fact, it speaks to everything that we're going through right now and tells us the answer to it. And His name is Jesus, who came and died for the sins of this world so that we can be forgiven of all the sin that we commit if we turn to Him and follow Him. And when we do that, not only does He forgive our sins, but He gives us everlasting life. And yet, they deny Him. This is what God said in the golden calf incident. He spoke this to Moses. He says, Now therefore let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them and that I may consume them. And yet Moses interceded for them and God relented of His wrath. But what we see today in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, you see what happens is that our world has denied God. You know, starting way back, it's been 50 years, more than that most likely in certain instances, but they have been seeking to prove that there is no God by saying that we were, we were um, not created, but we just evolved from pond scum through the different processes and then you know we, be, we were monkeys and then we, we evolved into people and, and all that kind of stuff. 2 Peter chapter 3 verses 3 and 4 says this, scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lusts and saying where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lusts and justifying what they do, they will be denying God. In Jude, verses 18 and 19, almost the same thing is spoken. It says, mockers in the last time who will walk according to their own lust. These are sensual persons who cause divisions not having the Spirit. Listen now, he says, these are sensual persons causing division. What's going on in our nation right now? How divided are we? And along what lines are we divided? We're divided among those who have conservative beliefs, who believe that we have someone to answer to, and someone who is liberal, who believes that we have no one to answer to. You see, the divisions are there. They walk according to their own lust. We walk according to the Holy Spirit. We seek to be pleasing to God. They seek to please themselves. And in denying God, what we have gotten to is a lawless society full of violence. Let's defund the police. Boy, that's a great idea. That's awesome. I mean, whoever, uh, whoever thought that up ought to get a Nobel Prize, right? Because you defund the police and then you get in trouble. Who are you going to call? And who's going to come to establish law and order if there is no law and order? Go to Chicago. Ask those folks, do they want more police or less police? I guarantee you the person on the street, if they are a law-abiding citizen, 
are going to want more police. Now, if they're robbing and looting and killing like the, a lot of folks are doing up there, you see, they don't want police because they're doing whatever they want to do without any retribution. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus was giving his discourse on the things that were going to be happening in the last days. And guess what he said about lawlessness? Lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold. In the area of lawlessness, look at where we're at. The world is upside down. They think abortion is a right. You have the right to kill someone else or extinguish their life. They say that men are not men, that women are not women. They say you can decide what you want to decide. They are worshiping everything else except God. As a matter of fact, they're denying God, and we live in this violent, lawless society because there's a great falling away from the truth, from the faith, from the one true God. In first, uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, the scripture says, For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. It's speaking of the day of the Lord. Jesus is not going to come again unless there's a falling away first. Guess where we are? We're in the time of a great falling away. So is the coming of the Lord Jesus on the edge? Are we almost there? Is it soon to happen? I believe with all my heart it is. And if you're ever going to do anything for the Lord, you better get about doing it because I believe He's coming back soon. I pray that He comes back soon because I can't stand to see it get worse than it is. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Let me ask you about this. Do you know someone who has come out and said that they are no longer heterosexual? I guess is what I'm looking for. Yet they come out and say, well... I'm no longer, you know, I don't believe in man and woman anymore. I believe I'm going to uh, bat for the other team. That's not right. That's not the right language. But you know what I'm talking about, okay? You know why? You know why that's, that's so prevalent now? It's the end thing to do. As a matter of fact, if you want to get some attention, all you got to do is come out and say, hey, I'm gay. And everybody says, yay you for being brave. You know what? That ain't brave. You're going along with the, the flow. You're following the world. It doesn't take any bravery to follow the world. As a matter of fact, it takes all bravery to go against the flow, against the world. They are following, they're departing their faith because they're giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Exactly where we are as a nation as a society, because everybody runs after the wrong and very few seek the right. Matthew chapter 24, again, verse 12, that Jesus said, we just talked about this, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Though, he's saying those who profess the Lord Jesus Christ, those who pretend that they are of the faith, they will abandon the faith in order to follow the doctrines of demons and the deceptive spirits. 
My prayer is that those who are leaving, those who are uh, giving heed to those deceiving spirits, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will get a hold of them and shake them to the point where they come to the realization of who God is, what He has desired of them, what He wants to do for them, and they will turn from their wicked ways and seek Him with all of their heart. But we do see today a great falling away because the world is upside down. But now, the last thing that I want to speak to you about this morning. First of all, we know that they want to be able to, to take the life of innocent unborns. We know that they want to uh, have no rules or regulations on whatever abominations that they want to do, male and female. They worship a creation. They worship creatures instead of the Creator. They deny God. There's lawlessness and violence everywhere because of the great falling away. And there's so many today that are offended if you try to stand for the truth. They are offended. They will call you all sorts of names. All you have to do is, is watch the news programs because they'll put it on there. And, I, and whenever you stand up for what is right, you seek to, to stand up for what is right, you see... Our side, we understand mercy and grace. We understand that, hey, you know, you have an opinion and you have a right to it. Their side does not believe that. They don't believe that you have a right to your opinion. And they will seek to run over you, defile you. They will seek to bully you into silence at the very least. And they will try to persuade you to be on their side. But Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 10, and then, speaking of the latter days, the last days, many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. But let me ask you, what do you see on the news? You see people standing up right now with signs talking about doing away with the opposition. And when I say doing away, I'm talking about removing them by removing their life. You see, conservatives don't hate liberals. Liberals hate conservatives. At least the ones that I've seen, met. At least the ones that I have experience with. Now, what we need to realize and understand is this world is upside down, but God's going to flip it back over. You see, God's going to take care of it. God's going to make sure that His will, His way is done. There's going to come a day, we talked about this in our Sunday school class again this morning, there's going to be a day when God comes and He's going to change everything. You know, first of all, He's going to, at the rapture of the church, He's going to remove His spirit. He's going to remove the church. And then wildness is going to ensue, of course, without the church. The world's going to go crazy. But praise the Lord, there will be many saved during that time because they'll realize that God's the King. But then one day, when Jesus comes again to rule and reign on the earth, He's the King of righteousness. He's the only one that can get it worked out. You know, it doesn't matter who we elect into whatever office, you know, it's, it's not going to change that much. But when Jesus rules and reigns, Everything, everything, everything will be set right. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Even so.
become Lord Jesus. So let me ask you. The prophet Amos said this, Prepare to meet thy God. Are you ready to stand before Him? You see where the world is at? And the Scripture says, Jesus said in the Scriptures, you can, you can look at the signs of the times and you can understand what time we're in. The days are drawing near for the Lord Jesus to come. Are you ready for that? Will you have time between now and then to get ready? See, now we're only promised this moment, this breath. We're not promised another hour, another day. So let me ask you, if you're not ready for the Lord Jesus to come, what's it going to take to persuade you to be ready, to do what you need to do in order to be ready? To announce to the world that He is the King of all glory and, and accept His sacrifice for your sins, receive Him as your Master and Lord, Savior, and then be ready? Asking Him to forgive you of your rebellion, your sin, committing your life to Him. What's it going to take to convince you to give your life to Christ? I hope that that doesn't happen. Because sometimes it, only, it takes something very severe in a person's life before they will make that commitment. I hope you will be understanding enough and willing enough to allow God to change you before that time comes. This morning. You know we live in an upside-down world, but we do not serve an upside-down God. We serve a God who is right, righteous, and holy. And He will not stand for evil forever. Will you commit your way to Him? Let's pray together this morning. Father, you are an amazing God and wonderful in all your ways, and I ask for your forgiveness. I pray, Father, that even now that you have moved in the hearts of those who may not know you. And for those who do, Father, may you have encouraged them to live righteously before an unrighteous world. And Father, we ask for your help. We pray for your guidance. And we pray for the conviction of all those who are unwilling to live a godly life. So right now during our invitation time, Father, will you draw those to yourself for salvation that need it. Those that would commit their way to you and, and repent of their sins, receiving you as king in their life. And Father, whatever it is, whatever else it may be, Father, I pray that you will draw your people to yourself. Accomplishing your purpose during our invitation time, we ask, Father, for your will to be done in Jesus' name. Amen.